0: Well, isn't that such such the truth? I mean, there there is joy uh, when you're walking with the Lord because God God has just poured out His love for us, it, uh, just so lavishly, just just extravagantly through the gift of His Son Jesus, who who really was the ultimate sacrifice so that we could be adopted in, into God's family, despite despite our brokenness, despite uh, our wandering. Uh, despite even sometimes our, our flat-out rebellion uh, against God. Uh, that, that is worth praising God for. Uh, God is so generous and, and loving uh, to all of us, and I hope, uh, it is my prayer that, that, you, f- that you experience that, uh, that, that God's Spirit just confirms that in your heart, even as you're uh, worshiping here this morning. And today's a particular day, as Emily mentioned earlier, in our country when we, we honor sacrifice, particularly that of our veterans. Uh, veterans Day, obviously, it's not, it's not church holiday, uh, but it is a time when we thank God for the way that our nation's veterans have modeled the sacrificial love of Jesus, who, who said uh, that above all else, love is the willingness uh, to lay down one's life uh, for one's friends. And, and that's what Jesus did for us. And today, we just want to pause, um, even just for a moment, to acknowledge those among us who put themselves uh, in harm's way uh, for our benefit. So if you're here today, if you are a veteran uh, in any way, shape, or form, um, and, or active military even presently, um, uh, would, you, would you just stand so that we could acknowledge you, thank, thank God for you, um, and, and just celebrate uh, God's goodness as made evident for you? God, thank thank you, and Jim, I know it was hard to stand. Uh, So, so I'm 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 just thankful for each one of you. Uh, But welcome uh, to everyone else uh, here today. If you're new or visiting at Troy MC, a special welcome to you. We're so glad uh, that you're here. Uh, Kind of where where we're at this week and and, in in this. Kind of season of our church, where we're rapidly coming to the conclusion of a six-week uh, stint where we are talking about uh, our, our mission 1-8, which really is, is a mission that comes from Jesus' very last words recorded in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. You should all, if you've been around the last few weeks, have this memorized uh, by now. But Jesus, speaking to his disciples, told them his last words before he ascended into heaven. He said, uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And Jesus said, you know what, you, you've experienced the joy and the love of, and the truth of what it means to follow me, and you will even more when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So, so go out, don't just sit there in, in your joy, uh, go out and, and share with everyone uh, by your words and by your actions uh, about the, the Father's amazing love and amazing generosity. Uh, be, be witnesses of my love to all people, uh, to the, the very ends of the earth. And if you've been around, uh, if you haven't been around, I encourage you to, you can get caught up anytime online. Uh, the messages are, are there. Uh, you can listen or, or watch them. Uh, or you can read about it all in the mission guide uh, that uh, we've handed out week, week on, uh, week in and week out. Uh, we, uh, I'm not going to have the ushers hand them out today, but you can grab one on your way out if you want. But today we're on day 25, so we're coming to the end. Day 25 of our 30-day journey. Uh, you might want to take some message notes there or in the message notes section of your, your bulletin uh, that you received on the way in. But I really would just want to be clear uh, right off the bat this morning, about my objectives I- in this message. I always try to have a goal, uh, what it is um, I'm, I want to have happen um, in your hearts as you hear the, the message. And, and so two, two things that I hope happen today. First, um, uh, for those of you who, who call Troy UMC your church home, um, I, a- a- as you prayerfully prepare uh, for next week, uh, when you'll be making your uh, Mission 1-8 commitment. Uh, reflecting, of course, on what we've learned through, along the way, uh, what we've learned about um, you know, giving proportionally and sacrificially, and uh, all of those things. Uh, today, it's my first goal just to, to encourage you. Now, I just want you to be encouraged uh, about uh, what, what you decide to give. Uh, but secondly, by the power of God's Spirit, I, I want to prepare you to give with abundant joy, with great joy, with overflowing joy. I want you to be encouraged, and I want you to be prepared to give with, with that kind of joy. Uh, th- those are my desired outcomes this morning, and, and uh, on, on my better days, I might think, oh, well, I can inspire people to that, but but I fall way short. So let's let God's word do the inspiring uh, today. Uh, why don't you, uh, if you have your Bible with you, you can turn to it or, or s- scroll to uh, the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians. Uh, that's where we're going to uh, dwell a little bit today. Uh, that's where uh, we're going to look at chapter 8 and chapter 9. But let me prepare you with just, just a little bit of background on this, this passage. Uh, after Jesus gave his final mission... Uh, Acts chapter one, verse eight. After Jesus did that, his disciples actually did what He told them to do. Uh, uh, that 's always a good thing uh, to do what, what Jesus tells you to do, uh, but they did, and after Jesus ascended into heaven, the d- disciples they spent time in Jerusalem, uh, where uh, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. The church was born, and, and the church grew rapidly uh, in Jerusalem. Over the course of the next decade or so, uh, they eventually expanded out from Jerusalem. Uh, the church uh, began to be expanded to Judea and, and Samaria, those regions right around Jerusalem. And, and they, they, so they expanded there. And then the early church, uh, soon after that, in decade uh, two and three and beyond, the early church began to send missionaries uh, throughout the entire Roman world uh, the, there were several missionaries who went, but the Apostle Paul is probably uh, the most famous uh, of these missionaries. And he began, uh, or continued, uh, the, those early apostles, they, they began that, that movement of, of God's Spirit to the ends of the earth. And, and Paul, he established churches in numerous cities throughout the, the Roman world, kind of that early that, uh, around the Mediterranean Sea. And if you wonder where uh, he established churches, all you have to do is thumb through the New Testament to look at the names of a lot of the letters, a lot of the books of the Bible, which were originally letters that he wrote to the churches in these locales. Uh, places like Galatia and Philippi and Thessalonica and Ephesus and Corinth, among uh, many other cities. But Paul, uh, his pattern typically was he would he would. Travel with some companions to a city, uh, to a, a place, uh, and and begin maybe spend up to, oh, you know, a couple of years, uh, establishing a church, uh, uh, getting them up and 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 rolling, and teaching them, and growing leaders, and then he. Uh, would would move on. He would move on to the next place, the next city. And, he, and he'd kind of move from place to place, eventually looping back and making his way back to Christianity's kind of home base, uh, which is Jerusalem, where they, where they started. And, and so Paul actually went on uh, what we think uh, best evidence is that he went on three of these missionary journeys. And after his first journey, so looping out, starting several churches and coming back to Jerusalem, when he returned to Jerusalem, uh, he had to deal with, uh, with some growing tension. Uh, tension between the, the new churches that he had started throughout the Roman world, which were largely made up of, of Gentiles, people who were not Jewish, they didn't have Jewish heritage or ethnicity or religious practice. Uh, so there was growing tension between the practices of those churches as they had sought to follow Jesus and the practices of Jerusalem, home base uh, Christian movement, which was predominantly, almost exclusively made up of uh, Jews who had become Christians. And, and so there were these, these tensions that were sorted out um, in that first Time that he came back to Jerusalem. It was uh, uh, known as the uh, Council of Jerusalem, and you can read about it in Acts chapter 15. Uh, but but at, at that time, it was a, an agreement was reached uh, allowing Paul and the other missionaries to continue to share the good news of God's love uh, throughout the world, to the ends of the earth, uh, to all people, everybody. Um, it was an extremely important and God-led decision by the early church that is still relevant today because the vast majority, if not all of us, are, are Gentile Christians. We, we don't have Jewish uh, ethnicity or heritage. Um, and so extremely relevant today as we continue to share the love of Jesus Christ with, with all people. Uh, also relevant were the few conditions that that early council in Jerusalem gave as they shared uh, the good news beyond the, the Jewish world. And these were the, the kind of the, the conditions. It was, okay, uh, these new churches, as they follow Jesus, they need to remember sexual purity. That's really important. Um, also, they need to um, not eat food sacrificed to idols. That's really important too. And, and thirdly, they, and hear this, they, they need to remember the poor. Not, not just where they're at, but also the poor here in Jerusalem. Uh, you see, the church, in, in, as it grew in Jerusalem, so did their persecution. Uh, the, uh, Jews, uh, the early Jewish Christians would, uh, would lose their jobs and their livelihoods by becoming a part of this, this new offshoot of Judaism. Uh, they were stuck really between a rock and a hard place, the, the Roman oppression that really didn't want to see them succeed in any way, shape, or form, or thrive, and now they were ostracized by their entire community that they, that they were a part of before, because not every Jewish person became a Christian, so, so they, they were kind of stuck. They, they would oftentimes lose their jobs and their livelihood, and so they found themselves very poor, and the church in Jerusalem, the hub of Christianity, was, was suffering um, and, and throughout Paul's New Testament letters, we uh, see evidence that as Paul was, was continuing on in his missionary journeys, the second one in particular, that he was taking up an offering. He was re- receiving funds from the, the other churches throughout the Roman world that he had helped start, uh, receiving funds and taking up an offering to bring back to the suffering church in Jerusalem. And we see little bits of evidence of this throughout his letters. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we read that Paul is preparing uh, to return uh, through Corinth on his way back to Jerusalem. And he's writing, at least part of this letter, he's writing to prepare them uh, to to give this offering that he is going to collect on his way back to the church in Jerusalem. And he's writing to prepare them as they prepare to give. And, And so he begins this section in chapter 8 by giving them encouragement. The the same kind of encouragement that I hope you uh, receive today. This is what he wrote. He said, now, I I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Now, there's a place you probably haven't heard of. Uh, Let's zoom in on the map that we saw earlier. This is kind of uh, zoomed in over the area that we uh, know today as Greece. Greece. Uh, In fact, if you can see it, Athens is like almost right in the middle, and it's right next to Corinth, uh, which is just across the little uh, uh, water passage there. And if you look up, then that's the area of Macedonia. Um, And in Macedonia, there are a couple of places you might recognize from books of the Bible, Philippi and Thessalonica. And and Paul is writing to the church in Corinth that he's going to return to uh, and encouraging them with what has just happened in the churches in Macedonia. Uh, So that's so he continues on he says uh they those churches in macedonia they are being tested by many troubles and they're very poor but they are also filled with abundant joy which has overflowed in rich generosity for i can testify that they gave not only what they could afford but far more and they did it of their own free will They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in this gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than what we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, one of Paul's traveling companions, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I'm not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty He could make you rich. Now, Paul here, I I love it. He doesn't hesitate to encourage the church in Corinth with the faithfulness of the churches in Macedonia. And a few things really stand out to me. Um, uh, Verse 2 said that despite the fact that that these churches were very poor, they're, they're filled with abundant joy, which overflowed in rich generosity. Uh, verse 3, he said that they, they gave far more than they could afford. And they did it, not in, in an arm-twisting kind of way, but of their own free will. In fact, verse 4, it says that they begged for the privilege of sharing in this gift to encourage the church in <laughs> Jerusalem, uh, to, to alleviate some of their suffering. And, and then in the end, Paul encourages them by reminding them of the gracious generosity of God, who, above all, is, is generous, uh, verse, verse 9, he says, uh, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Um, a couple Thursdays ago, about 10 days ago, November 1st, uh, several of the staff of our church and um, many of our Kind of leadership uh, families. Uh, we got together uh, up in the, the sanctuary and, and just praised God together. And we uh, together uh, remembered the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. We shared in, in Holy Communion together. And, and these leaders, which represented around 50 of the households of our church, uh, they, they brought and made their sacrificial commitments for Mission 1 8. In advance of everybody else, um, in order to be shared with the congregation uh, today, as as encouragement, that hey, here's uh, we want to lead the way as an encouragement to the rest of the congregation, as you all, as the rest of us prepare uh, for uh, for to make our commitments on Count Me In Sunday next week, and it was it was a beautiful time. Those of you who were there. Uh, can attest to that and and I'm gonna let our leaders the leaders of our Mission 1A team Jordan and Barb Buck uh, share the specifics with you in a few moments Uh, but it's my hope and my prayer that the the passion and the love and the 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 faithful sacrifice of your your fellow church members will be a great encouragement to you and that you will also respond with abundant joy that overflows in rich generosity Uh, but but first I want to continue on in the scriptures um, into chapter 9 of Second Corinthians. Uh, just to kind of share with you what happens, what might happen as a result of that kind of generosity. Uh, in, in verse 6, Paul begins uh, briefly mentioning that uh, some of what we talked about last week, that those who, who are generous, actually we receive so much more than what we give. Uh, not necessarily financially, but that we receive... Just the, the peace and the, the joy of, of God as we are generous people. Uh, furthermore, Paul encourages the Corinthians to decide in their heart uh, what to give and, and to not give reluctantly but, but cheerfully uh, because God is, is just uh, so good. God is the great giver. God is the one prov- who provides for all of our needs. So, so let's give generously. Uh, we can trust him, Paul was saying. But then in verse 12 of chapter 9, Paul says this. He says, so two good things will result from this ministry of giving. Uh, He's saying two two great things will happen as we step out and we are generous. Here here are the couple of things that will happen. He says, first, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. They, They will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift that is too wonderful for words. Paul is essentially saying, he's saying two things will happen because of the generosity that you are preparing in your hearts to to pour out. Uh, first, uh, the mission is going to be accomplished. You know, the, in their case, the, the poor will have their suffering alleviated. That the church in Jerusalem will will uh, now have a little bit more means when you give generously. Uh, and in our case, I believe that when we give generously, our mission will be accomplished. Uh, mission One Eight, uh, the initiatives that. Uh, we're really excited about that. They're going to come to fruition, that we're going to get to see fruit as a result of that, that, that directly and indirectly we're going to be responsible for inviting more and more people on a journey with Jesus here um, in our broader community and even around the world. Like, like last week, uh, when we had our first dinner church at St. Jacob. Thank you for praying for that. Uh, it was exciting. We had no space left in the parking area. Um, we, we had 55 people in attendance, and we're like, oh goodness, we're going to have to have our regular folks like all park up and down the street so that there's spots uh, for people who show up. Um, and, and like yesterday, um, over 200 people uh, were here for an hour or two hours uh, you know, joining together to pack meals and send uh, and send them throughout the world to food famished areas in jesus' name fifteen thousand people are are going to be fed because of your faithfulness like 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 that like that that mission being accomplished like that Paul says because of your generosity the the mission will happen it, it will be accomplished and, and I believe that that so that so much more than just a couple of examples that I shared will will happen in and through Troy UMC because of your faithful generosity. That's the first thing that happens when we're generous. Uh, but, but beyond that, God, God is glorified. And when God's glorified, people, people look to God and, and they're in awe and and they're more trust, they trust more in God. As people come to know Jesus, they're going to give thanks to you, for you, and thanks for your generosity and your sacrifices. They're going to give glory to God, and they're going to praise him for your faithfulness, because they know that you do it out of love for God and, and love for people. And just as Paul said, that, that gift, the gift, those two gifts, the gift of seeing the, the mission accomplished, and the gift of knowing That that God is glorified as as people are invited on a journey with Jesus, as people grow roots of faith um, in in their relationship with Jesus and how their lives are transformed as a result, and, and God receives the glory. That there's nothing better than that. Like words can't can't describe how awesome that feels to be a part of God's mission in this world and to see lives transformed because of it truly there's nothing better uh to know that you had a part in, in in somebody very possibly going from death to life because you and your church stepped forward in faithfulness that that is more than we deserve it is a gift that really is too wonderful for words um but we're going to try to put words to it anyway. <laughs> uh, Jordan and Barb Buck have been the leaders of our Mission 18 uh, implementation team. And, and they're going to share in um, just a moment some of their own journey of generosity and the joy, the joy, the overflowing joy that they have had as leaders um, in Troy United Methodist Church. So would you welcome uh, Jordan and Barb Buck?
1: Good morning. My name, is, uh, my name is Jordan Buck, and my wife Barb and I uh, wanted to, to share with you our, uh, our journey of faith and, and generosity, and, and to tell you why we're excited about this Mission one initiative. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Barb was part of the vision team, and they identified what it means for our church to reach widely and give generously as we invite people on a journey with Jesus. As team leaders, both of us, for the Mission 1-8 implementation team, We've been working to communicate to the church what Mission 18 looks like in practical terms and to invite the congregation to join us in this journey. So uh, both Barb and I were very blessed to grow up in families that realized how important it was to be a part of a church community. Uh, I grew up in the mountains of Oregon and it was a place that was, it was not easy to get to church. It was, uh, it was an hour and a half drive to the nearest town and that's where the church was. So, um, But nevertheless, we would get up every Sunday. We'd dress in our Sunday best and make the journey. Uh, in the wintertime, it was a lot longer than an hour and a half. The, uh, but we didn't go because it was easy. Uh, we didn't go because we felt an obligation to be at church. Uh, we went because it was very important. So uh, worshiping God and being involved in that in that church community was the most important thing that our family would did.
2: And as Jordan said, I grew up in a Christian family as well. And we always attended church, and it was a regular part of our family life. But when I was 11 years old, we joined a uh, A dynamic church family and it made all the difference in the life of our family. My parents joined journey groups, began volunteering with the youth, rededicated their lives to Christ and they actively shared their faith not only with their children and family but throughout the community. When Jordan and I started dating back in the late 1980s I think, uh, we knew that our walk with Christ was important to both of us and when we talked of marriage it was with the knowledge that we could serve God better as a couple than we could individually. So serving Christ has always been an important part of our marriage and of our family. So not surprising that the desire to be on a journey with Jesus was important to us when we began attending Troy United Methodist Church 20 years ago. We moved to Troy in the fall of 2008 with our then four-year-old son, Andrew, and our one-year-old daughter, Claire. When we joined the church, just like those who were up here this morning, Uh, We promised to support Troy UMC with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. But what did that really mean in practical terms? Well, first of all, it meant showing up more than one hour a week to attend service. It meant trusting in God and stepping out in faith to trust his direction in all things. It meant praying for this church, our pastors, our leaders, and our witness throughout the community. It meant leading by example for our children, our neighbors, our friends, with our witness and our testimony. It meant giving of ourselves and supportive ministries of this church. We quickly learned, however, that getting the most out of this church, in order to do that, we needed to jump in and get involved. Over the years, our families benefited from many of the wonderful ministries here, ranging from Sunday school, youth programs, adult Bible studies, sports and scouting programs, VBS, Children's Church, and even the youth praise band. These things have been a blessing to us and they've helped us to grow in our faith as we grew closer to God, raised our children to love the Lord and develop personal relationships with other Christians. It's those relationships that have sustained us in the difficult times and allow us to celebrate in the good times. We've been in the trenches with many of you, laughing, crying, and praying as we've dealt with the struggles in our marriages, difficulties at work, as well as the challenges of parenting preschoolers, teenagers, and even adult children. We celebrated births, baptisms, confirmations, graduations, and marriages with one another. We've cried together and upheld one another during life's more difficult days. It was our Troy UMC family that rejoiced with us when we stepped out in faith to follow God's leading in the fall of 2008 to adopt a baby girl. It was those same people with a little bit of a chuckle who rejoiced with us and welcomed not our Chinese daughter, but our blonde-headed, blue-eyed baby boy Jackson in the fall of 2003 it was then that we realized that our timing was not always God's timing and those same families were the ones that celebrated with us when we brought our daughter home Ella in the spring of 2007. As much as we've been on the receiving end of those great ministries we believe that giving of our time our gifts our service and our witness meant stepping into leadership roles within the church as well. Over the years, we've served on various committees, taught children's church, volunteered at VBS, worked in various aspects of men's and women's ministries, led journey groups, served on hospitality and worship teams, to name a few. While some of those roles fall more within our comfort zone than others, we believe that faithfulness in all things means serving God in ways that we may not have envisioned. In each instance, saying yes to God has been rewarding beyond measure. As Andy mentioned earlier, many of you said yes yesterday and came out to support the food packing event uh, that's going to benefit many families in need around the world uh, in support of the Midwest Distribution Center. Members of this church stepped up in a big way for the first ever off-site food packing event, and we think that it was a great success, and the Missions Committee would like to thank everyone who came out in support of that cause.
1: Our family's journey of faith has changed how we view our finances and giving to the church as well. Financial stewardship is an outward sign of our commitment to God's leading in our lives. Jesus said in Matthew, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Barb and I decided to make giving to the church an intentional part of our lifestyle. Believing that generosity generosity is more a reflection of our heart than it is about the financial needs of the church. Our faith calls us to be generous in all things, not only our time, talents, and service, but our financial gifts as well. Our family has been very blessed to be a part of this church, and we're excited to be a part of its future. It's exciting that Mission 18 will help us to grow deeper in our faith, along with our church community, and draw more people into this church to experience the same thing. Uh, one part of Mission 18 that really resonates with us is, is the commitment by the church to respond to Christ's call for us to be as disciples to the world beyond the walls of this church into our Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Christ called the local churches to be as hands and feet in the world and members of this church have supported ministries reaching those outside the church extending around the globe. These range from uh, providing for ministries unlimited just down the road to supporting missions and relief efforts in other parts of the world. As Christians, we're called to extend the love and the grace of God to the many people in need, both locally and around the globe. Mission 1-8 takes a significant and intentional step in increasing our efforts to serve God all the way to the ends of the earth, therefore allowing God to work in us and through us. So Mission 1-8 is all about supporting and expanding the church ministries right here in our Jerusalem and our Judea, but also reaching out generously with the hand of God to our Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Because we believe so much in the Mission 18 initiatives and want everyone here to uh, experience a church family like we have, uh, we did gather, as Angie, as Andy mentioned, um, with other leaders of the church a couple weeks ago, to make uh, the Mission 18 uh, commitments early. And I'm excited to reveal the results of that uh, to to tell us how far these leadership families uh, have gotten us. So uh, if you'll recall, our goal for the two year period was $1.9 million. Um, This uh, gathering of leaders uh, made up about 18% of our current givers, and they have uh, already committed $802,000. So, and that represents 42% of the goal already so that's that's just an amazing start and and we can really praise God for that Um, but we can't stress enough how important every single one of you are in helping us to reach this goal so keep asking God what your next step is going to be and we can't wait to see what God is going to do uh, through us next week at Count Me In Sunday Thank you. I'll turn it back to Andy.
0: Well Church, I, I hope that you're encouraged right now uh, that that was the goal. Uh, just, just as Macedonia was to Corinth, I pray that the, the joy-filled, generous giving of, of really, quite honestly, just some of the leadership families in our church will, will give you courage. To, to step forward, to trust God in your steps of faith. And I, I can tell you just a little bit of analysis on, on those commitments that have already been made. 90% of them have taken, at, at the very least, a step within a step on the generosity ladder. If you remember, our goal was that 50% would, and 90% of them took at least a step within a step. Um, and, and overall... It, it represents an average uh, percentage increase of giving from, from those 54 households who are already some of our most generous folk. Um, it represents an over 33% increase on average for each of them. Um, and they're actively praying, even some of them right now, uh, that, that you would be encouraged and inspired to take your step whatever step that might be just a step even hear hear me on this even if it's not a step up if it is a step of sacrifice done out of love then it is a faithful step 54 households got us 42% of the way in our ultimate goal. And I, just hear me, I, I'm not sure if we'll hit the $1.9 million in commitments. Quite honestly, I, only God knows that. Uh, but I do know that if we each do our part, if we each take a step, if we just respond to God faithfully, uh, then, then wherever we land, it will be a heavenly success. Um, I, I don't care if it's a big gift or a small gift, your gift matters. Your, your step matters. Now, just to be clear, if you're here, or or maybe watching online later, and you're you you don't consider yourself, you're not really a part of Troy United Methodist Church. Maybe maybe you're just visiting today, or 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 maybe you're here for like the third time or something. You're not you're not sure about this yet. Maybe you wouldn't even consider yourself a Christian even. Uh, understand what what that graph that was shown earlier means. Uh, I, I want you to leave here today knowing full well that. There are people who are a part of this church who have experienced the love of God themselves and are willing to sacrifice, to give up financial means in order that you would experience the love of Jesus Christ too. They, they, they might not know you. They maybe, maybe don't know your name. Uh, maybe, maybe never will get to know you. But, but that kind of generosity the generosity that they've experienced from God and want to pour out onto others so that they would experience the love of God, that kind of generosity, that is awe-inspiring. That, that, is, that should penetrate your heart. Uh, they, they, they hope that, that you will experience God's love in a profound, life-changing way. And I, and I hope, if you're hearing that today, that you're blown away by that. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm blown away by that too. Um, and, and I can't stop thanking God for it. And really, it's, only, it's really only the beginning. Uh, this time next week uh, will be the time for the 300 plus other uh, Troy UMC households to step forward and say, hey, you can count me in too. Uh, and I'm praying for you. Our leaders are praying for you. And let me just reiterate, if, if this money conversation, if this just turns you off, uh, if it doesn't cause joy uh, in your heart, but instead causes bitterness, then, then sit this one out. It's okay. Uh, maybe your commitment card will simply reflect what you're currently giving. That's okay. Um, if you aren't giving presently and you're feeling put on the spot in a negative way to give, don't be angry. Just, just sit this one out. Uh, really, you are under no obligation to give. Troy UMC leaders who have already given have given because they love God and they love you regardless of whether you, f- you step up. To the plate too, and 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 give of yourselves, uh, regardless of of your commitment or not. Uh, but no matter where you fall on that, be here next week. Next week's g- going to be a, a pretty neat uh, uh, experience. It'll be a defining moment, an unforgettable moment in the life of our church. Um, so so be here. You you don't want to miss that. Um, well, let's let's. Uh, w- would you stand together uh, with me? Let's let's join our hearts together and close out with a a final song. God Almighty, uh, you created heaven, you created earth. You're the giver of of all good things. You're the provider of of every one of our needs and, and really so many of our wants too. Lord, thank you for your overflowing generosity and the gift of Jesus who who not only saved us from our sin, but has invited us uh, to experience the the joy of living in community with one another. You've given us new life. And and just thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to respond with generosity ourselves, to be givers as as witnesses of Jesus. Uh, Father, I I am inspired. I am truly blown away by the generosity of this church, by, by the belief that inviting people on a journey with Jesus is worth sacrificing for. And God, I pray that that you would give our entire church family here um, and in our other worship services and even those tuning in online, that you would give us a supernatural joy, just an utter delight as we prepare to make our giving commitments next week. Lord, I pray that you would change us, that you would stretch us, and that you would grow us as we open our hearts to your leading, not for our sake, but, but for your kingdom, that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us faith to trust you and to follow you even to the ends of the earth. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.